Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. So if you're interested in some of the projects that I have on the go and what I'm up to, pay attention to this episode upcoming. Let's go. Welcome to the Russell Westcott Podcast, helping real estate investors like you acquire the inspiration, knowledge, and skills that you need to start, grow, and scale the real estate investing portfolio of your dreams. Hey everybody, welcome back. So one of the things that I like to do is I like to have the conversations. And one of the reasons why I started this podcast was just to have some amazing conversations with some really, really good friends. And what you're about to listen to was taken from a podcast interview that I had with Erwin Zito. Erwin is the host of The Truth About Real Estate Investing. Probably one of, He's one of the OGs in Canada for podcasts. He's well over 100 plus episodes. He has some just amazing guests. And, you know, if it, I, I would imagine a lot of you that are probably listening to my podcast probably listen to his at the same time. So this was an interview, and, and we make the joke in there that it's interesting that sometimes we, Erwin and I, have to make an, ep, uh, make an appointment to have a podcast episode so that we can just have a conversation, right? So in this one, you know, as I was actually looking at some of the uh, audio and looking at some of the materials here, holy moly, I did a lot of the talking here. So Erwin just is a wonderful host of just, he literally just lets the people uh, talk in in essence, he just opens up to some wonderful uh, simple questions, and then it just is a natural organic conversation. So what you're about to hear is just an organic conversation between Irwin and myself. It was off the cuff. It was unscripted. It truly was. Hey Russell, what are you up to, and what's going on? And I just shared with him some of the projects that I have on the go. Now, one of the things I like to do for you guys is if you're listening to my podcast, in the opening and the closing. I give you a little bit more context. I just give you a little more context to maybe a little bit more of behind the scenes, something that maybe you didn't hear or won't hear in the recording that you're about to listen to. So we get into pretty deep things about a couple things in this episode upcoming. We get into um, talking about the properties that I'm buying and the area and the market that I'm doing. And I actually had a fairly, uh, Erwin asked the question as well, ed educate me, Russell, educate me about the Edmonton marketplace. Tell me about it. So I had an opportunity to share with him what I'm seeing in the Edmonton marketplace. Now, if you are following along on my channel, you are probably very well aware that I'm very bullish on what's happening in the Edmonton marketplace and what I see that's going on there. And that's, now here's the thing. That's what I'm personally doing. I don't have an attachment to what you do in your marketplace. What I do have an attachment to is if I was to have a conversation with you and I would ask you the same question that Irwin asked me is educate me. Tell me about this marketplace. Are you able to confidently answer the question? Are you able to, with passion, with some gusto, be able to give the story, the good, the bad, the ugly, what's going on? Why are you investing? Why are you putting your capital partners? What are you looking at? What are you seeing? What are the stats? What are the facts? That are is what you need to do when you're talking about your market, okay? So I don't have an attachment that you would like to invest in Edmonton. However, I believe it is an incredible opportunity. The moons are aligning in the market. That's my belief. But what I mostly am attached to is that you have a passion in your marketplace and you've done your homework and you've done your research on why you would invest in that marketplace. So that's one theme we get into. Another one we get into is, and I don't even know if I've ever shared any of this a lot on my podcast, 
is we talk a lot about branding, like personal branding, um, influencing. Um, how do you publish and put content out into the world? I give you some fairly, you know, nitty gritty tactical details on, on you know, posting YouTube videos and what I'm just learning about going through the process. Because, you know, I'm just like many of you. Many of you are looking to how do you distribute your message? How do you share out to a larger audience? How do you get more eyeballs on what you're doing within your business. And I share an awful lot about that. So Erwin and I talk a lot about a couple of my other businesses that I don't talk a lot about, my publishing and my um, consulting and my coaching business and things like that. So we go into a lot more depth and a lot more detail than probably you might, um, that you might know me for. You know, a lot of you probably know me for my real estate and and my real estate teaching. And that's just one facet of what makes up the business that I operate. And, you know, so anyways, I could go on and on. Um, this is just once a wonderful conversation with Erwin and I. And the, first of all, I just wanted to just make sure, Erwin, I just wanted to thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to share with your audience. Thank you for being such a wonderful host. Thank you for being just a, a really amazing leader in the community and an amazing guiding light, helping people on their journey. Okay, gang, let's get right after it. Hi, Russell. What's keeping you busy these days? Holy moly. What day is it today, Erwin? <laughs> I don't know. It's, I think it's Thursday. It's the, yeah. Whatever. How, how many videos you made this week? This, well, interesting note. I'm, I'm actually, my YouTube videos, I am now out till April and we're recording this in January. That's I'm fantastic. Now, I'm now out to for, for having them scheduled on every Thursday morning. And my podcast um, just launched this week was episode 35. And I have 52 of them online um, scheduled until until mid-April as well. So fantastic. Uh, man, that was my Christmas holiday. Really was trying to get ahead. I want to get ahead of the game on a lot of these things because mm -hmm. it is a lot of work to produce this content and to uh -huh. help inspire people and help people move forward with what's right for them. It's a lot of work to do that. And I just want to get ahead of myself so I can now pivot to doing a few other things in my other businesses that I need to, yeah. you know, take care of and some year ends and some uh, reports and some statements. And, and you know what? I have some goals. I want to buy some bigger properties in the next little while mm -hmm. here too. And, mm -hmm. you know, I was sitting there with my business partner, Jay and I we were having a conversation and I just came up and I said, you know what? I'm tired of playing small. I'm tired of playing small in certain respects. It's time to really just step up in a few, few respects, step up in my influence, step up in my, uh, the content I'm putting out, step up in in the uh, asset acquisitions that I'm doing, just step up in all areas of my life. I was just getting tired of playing small. And you know what? I've got a firecracker under my butt this year, and we'll see where it goes. Because, uh, you know, an, an interesting, Erwin, I think it was last year, in the same time we had a conversation that we were doing, and I think that audio got lost. Did it not? We did lose one. Well, interesting is, <laughs> Erwin, you want to know something? I found it on a backup drive because I keep a backup drive of anything I do too. So if you're ever interested, I can send it to you if you want to have it as a as a backup. So there is the lost the lost interview, and it was pre COVID. It was pre COVID 2020. So it'd be interesting to see what we talked about back then. Did my recording fail and you took over the recording? No, I, I usually do I a backup remember. when we're doing these kind of things with people. I do a backup so I have a really high quality one for my end 
that I can send uh-huh. to the the person do the host. So you can just uh-huh. match your editor, Dave, if you're listening, or if he still does your editing, <laughs> you can just match up two high quality uh, audio recordings, and it sounds like we're in the same room, right? Yeah. So so at that time, and I think you were the first person that I publicly announced to that I had a goal of inspiring a million people, a one million people to give them the tools and resources to help them buy one more property. Okay. And I gave myself 15 years. So one year has gone by. And to be honest, uh, you know, and I'm not going to make any excuses that there have been the few things that have happened this past year. Um, I might be a little bit behind, but um, the first person I had to work on in order to be that kind of person to attract a million people is I had to work on myself, right? How do I get out and scale and distribute a message by a podcast? How do I get it out on YouTube a lot more? How do I do live broadcasting? How do I get my writing? How do I start building out my team a little bit more, no different than what I built out my team in my real estate? How do I build out my team in my personal brand to be able to impact a million people's lives over the next 14 years, right? So that's a lot of work. And wow, uh, if somebody has ever done that, Um, tip of the hat to somebody because you you don't realize how much effort and how much work and how much um, almost on a daily grind it is to 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 get the post right to to edit to to get the edits right to have the right team to interview people to have you know different video editors different audio editors just different writing editors that just have a, a consistent schedule of content that just keeps going out and I think I've got into a good groove right now of how I release things, right? So it's, it's, it's in, you know, at the end of the day, it's about distribution. That's all it's about, is distributing a message to a wide audience to help people to solve people's problems. And the more people's problems you solve, the better it is for personal business, but also the better it is for just helping people move along at the same time, right? And just let's use a case, let's use an example here. Um, out in Ontario, you were finding that some rental housing providers were getting squeezed on a couple, from a couple ends, right? Landlord and tenant laws were getting tougher. So some people went to Airbnb, Airbnb is getting shut down. So cash flow is getting tighter. The margins are eroding a little bit on some things. Um, property values are going up, which is great if you own, but if you're buying and you're looking at some cash flow numbers and there's only 120 bucks on a pro forma and you're spending a million dollars to get 120 bucks a month, like what's the point? So some people were just disillusioned a little bit. So you pivoted, you learned stock hacking, you learned other ways of creating cash flow for people, right? So you've solved a new problem that your audience was having, okay? No different than what I try to do every day, right? Is to solve a problem that the audience has. And that's typically, you know, stop consuming things, start taking action from them, right? Um, And what is the action you need to do and what are the steps you need to take in order to build yourself out a portfolio of properties, right? And, you know, no disrespect to uh, a podcast. And I, the irony is totally not lost on me here that we're doing a podcast here. But one of the things I don't like about podcasts is in some cases, they're, they're too passive, and it's it's entertainment, and people don't need sometimes don't need more entertainment. They need more implementable action steps. Like for example, I have consultation. I'll get, I'll share an example with this one fellow I had a consultation with, um, and this is multiple people I have the same conversation with. 
So one of the questions I asked them is, okay, what level of education do you have in real estate to find out where we want to enter the conversation? Okay, I've read this book, read this book, lots of this book, listen to this, subscribe to this, subscribe to that, listen to this podcast, listen to that one. Okay, awesome. Have you bought a property yet after doing all that? And they go, no. I go, okay, if you've listened to this podcast and this podcast and this podcast for over a year, you've got what you need to take the action, right? Yeah, you probably know more than I did when I started. <laughs> right, but, but then here, here's the problem that has. The people, when they're asking me the question, they're sitting there going, okay, well, what about student rentals? I'm like, okay, well, I give them my opinion. What about mobile home parks? Okay, I give them my opinion. What about what about multifamily investing? <laughs> I give them my opinion. I said, well, time out, time out, time out. Um, what was that podcast you listened to an awful lot? Oh, yeah, Bigger Pockets. Oh, okay, I understand that. So when you actually go and look at Bigger Pockets, Bigger Pockets, and they do a phenomenal job with their podcast. I think they're like 800 deep. But one day it's talking about mindset. The next day it's talking about putting a REIT together. The next day it's talking about uh, mobile home parks. The next day it's talking about this. There's, there's not a lot of focus for where you are. So I grind, I grind the people down to where are you in the process right now? Do you own your own home? No. Okay, awesome. You don't own your own home yet. Do you realize in Canada you have an option that you can maybe pull out money from your RSP that you can actually use that money from your RSP to buy as a first-time home buyer? You can buy your first home. You can buy a home with a suite, live in the basement, rent the upstairs. Okay. Oh, I didn't know that. I think you can cap up, tap up into $35,000 if you have that within your RSP. Or if you have unused room in your RSP, you can actually, and I say, okay, where's your down payment going to come from, typically? Well, it might come from mom and dad. Did you know mom and dad could potentially make a contribution to your RSP? You could withdraw the RSP, the 35000 from your RSP, and you can get up to a $350,000 house on that, on that program with a 10% down payment. Live in the basement, rent the upstairs out, right? And I pretty close on some of the ones I, I priced out for people. Um, they're into it, and they're only living for like 300 bucks of their out-of-pocket costs, and you say you do that for a year, and then you move out, and now your cash flow goes up to $700 a month, right? So, so, for that, so for that gentleman that I had that conversation with, I said, stop listening to Bigger Pockets podcast, okay? Here's what you need to do is you need to find a good realtor. You need to find a good mortgage broker. You need to have conversations with mom and dad. You need to investigate the home buyer's plan, and you need to buy your first property, because all these other podcasts and everything else you're listening to is great, it's inspiring, it's fantastic, you know, but it's entertainment. It's not helping you move forward. You, you actually have a five-step plan, and then I would identify the five-step plan, and I said, okay, I, and here's what I'm going to do for you. After you've talked to a realtor, and I refer them one, after you talk to a mortgage broker, and I refer them one, and after you in investigate the home buyer's plan to see if you qualify, after you do those three things, Here's my link again, and you can call me back again. But the first question I'm going to ask you is, is, did you do the first three things I talked about? And the answer is either yes or no. And if the answer is no, my question will be to you is, why not? What's stopping you? And our conversation will be done today, okay? Until you've taken the first three steps, right? You have to, then we can have the next conversation about what's right from there, okay? So... Sorry if I'm just, I'm getting passionate here, Erwin. It's almost <laughs> every time I get a chance to have a conversation, I get, I get all fired up and just want to keep sharing here. So I think about the people who didn't take action the last 10, 20 years. 10, 20, how about five out in your area? <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, and I think people are, people, people are used to their own, their own context. 
like uh, a friend of mine who was at my wedding party, he he said, "Oh, like we figured it out. My kids will figure it out." Yep. And so I went back to him, like, "Hang on, hang on, hang on." So your dad was a VP at Bell, and your mom stayed at home. You and your wife can afford a house because you both work and make six figure incomes. Right. Yeah. Now, what are your kids going to do? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Will, they, will, their, will their households double their income from your income? <laughs> no. Nope. Right? No, absolutely. So, and, and, so, and real estate's gone up a bit more than that, too. <laughs> a little bit. Right. No, no, don't get me wrong, guys. I'm not trying to be a, a jerk about things, but I'm just, I'm just, maybe I'm just getting old. <laughs> <laughs> and getting a little impatient with people just not taking action. I think we have some of the greatest opportunities around us right now. And all it does is just, you know, potentially stop consuming the materials, start using the materials. No different than books. Like there's, you know, there's always, it seems to be a badge of honor that people will post and say, I've read 52 books this year, a book a week. Well, you know, first of all, congratulations. That's awesome. Reading the book is a great first step. You're, you're further ahead than the person who did not read the book, but barely. If you did nothing from that book, what do you have to show for it? So what I actually do with people I do is I go, let's slow this down, guys. Let's take one book a month and you're going to read it as many times. You're going to get the audio book, you're going to get the paper book, and you're going to read it and listen to it as many times as you can in one month. But the goal is how many things can you implement from the book, not how many books you can read. It's how many ideas you put in action from the 12 books, not that you just read 52 books, right? So, and for any, any of you guys are interested in some really good book referrals right now, I got two in my desk right now, two of my favorites. Power of Focus and Who Not How, right? So, those are two books that I, one just came into light my world just recently, Who Not How, and the other one, Power of Focus, has been in my world for, geez, better part of 15 years read it every year so i give you some focus yeah <laughs> i'm so distracted these days but i've been through who not now twice now on the audio version oh it's phenomenal it, it's let's put it this way and i i think i would i recommended it to you you and charity yeah. as well when i and, and when i, I first read action. it absolutely you took action you got the book and you started implementing it now yeah. um this book now i'm not trying to blow sunshine up dan sullivan's skirt here or whatever the saying is up up his backside it's a phenomenal book um it's it's one of those books that it lands for me in my personal success library and now don't take this with any hyperbole is it lands between rich dad poor dad and thinking grow rich as books that have pivoted uh the way i thought of things right and most entrepreneurs um Real estate professionals are entrepreneurs at the same time. Most of you entrepreneurs, and I'm looking at you, if you're on podcast, I'm picture me just staring in your eyes right now. Um, every one of you are lone wolves out there. Everybody is trying to do it themselves. Everybody, um, nobody can do it better than I can. And the reason why I'm looking at myself in my camera here is because I am looking at myself and I'm telling that to myself too, right? We all have things that we need to learn, Right. And through some good coaching and through some good mentorship and some good things is I'm starting to let go of a few things. And But I'm doing it strategically. Strategically meaning I'm getting a standard of quality. I'm getting far enough ahead of some things with things. So if I brought somebody in to outsource it to, it's not in a, a mad rush. Is oh, by the way, you got to publish something tomorrow. 
It's I mean, you've got three weeks. I'm going to test out five people. You've got three weeks to see what you can create. And out of that five people that I'm testing, probably one or two are going to surface that are going to be uh, rock stars out of that, right? And three of them will probably just fall off to the wayside. But it gives me some time to... To, to try them out, to test them, to give them projects, to see if they can wow me with what they're doing. Because my expectation is, if this is what I can do myself, my expectation, if I'm hiring you, is you should be able to do this plus, right? So it's a long process of, you know, long-winded way of saying is I'm essentially what I'm trying to do is everything I've done within my real estate business to set it up that it can run without me. Everything from the acquisition side to the capital raising to the mortgage financing to the property management to the closing, everything I've done on the real estate side to, to make it really turnkey, I'm now applying all those principles over to my personal brand um, influencer side of my business and my consulting side. So, so just taking those exact same pr- disciplines and applying it to another business. So, okay, before we move on to the personal branding stuff, this is a real estate show. <laughs> <laughs> what are you investing in these days? What am I, real estate-wise? Real estate-wise. Well, number one, the best investment, and sorry if this sounds quite um, as a trite comment and a, and a flippant comment, the first thing I'm really investing in is myself and my team, is, is that's the first place that the investment goes is to uh, get the team in place and to more importantly, get me in a position that I can actually become that person to serve the team better. Okay. So that's the first, um, on a real estate side of things, um, I'm still, uh, investing in Edmonton and quite honestly, I think the opportunities there have not been better for, uh, it's been, I haven't start. I haven't seen numbers like we're seeing right now in Alberta and in Edmonton for close to probably 15 years now. The rent to price ratios are are really getting in alignment. Um, the new construction properties are are cash flowing even better that the um that the uh, the interest rates have gone down and the cash flow on the properties are, you know, on a suited house you're getting anywhere between if you have vacancies, you know, or not, you're getting around $600 plus or more. And we're starting to look at some bigger projects, some bigger land developments, some bigger projects that we're starting to to put our our, our our fingerprint on. Because here's what we're seeing. Interesting to note, I don't want to make this about Edmonton or, or whatever, but I had this conversation with my business partner yesterday is we're starting to see international money flow into the Alberta and Edmonton real estate market again. And when I say international money. I'm not talking about somebody buying onesies and twosies. I'm talking about somebody, a group of investors buying 10 a month for probably a year, like for years at a time. And they're coming in all cash with that to just acquire as many assets as they can. You're also seeing a supply shortage happening in in Edmonton because in over the past years, new houses have not been coming on as fast as um as the demand is going. So demand is high, supply is low. It is a perfect storm. The ripple, the moons are starting to align for the market to start going up. And the beautiful thing is you're start you're getting some really good cash flows right now too. And you can buy for cash flow from day one and ride it up. So and oh and another thing I just sorry I have lots of ideas here but and I'm executing against them is for the first time in a while, I'm starting to finally see the arbitrage opportunity in Edmonton, meaning 
what you can buy a property for unrenovated versus what it is would sell for renovated. There's finally a big enough gap that you can start making some money. And I'll just use an example, two examples. Probably about three years ago, if you would have bought a place in Edmonton, unrenovated, and let's just use a townhouse, you could have bought it for, say, $110,000 unrenovated. Fully renovated, you would have maybe sold it for one fifty-five, but you would have had to put thirty grand into it. So you're into it for one forty, and, and by the time all that, if there's you're a hiccup away from from losing your shirt uh, and losing some money on that. Finally, and this just happened just this past year of a, a property that we did. You can pick up the same place for like one ten, one fifteen. That same place renovated is now selling in the one seventy-five range or higher. So if you buy it for one ten. Put 30 in, you're into it for 140. If you sell it for 170, less some expenses, now you're at 160. There's potentially for a $20,000 margin there that you can make some money um, doing some uh, fix and flips. And the really cool thing is, Erwin, interesting to note those places that are selling now for 170. I bought those same places 12, 13 years ago for higher than that. And the rents now on that place um, are now at, I think the last one was almost $1,500 rent. So you're getting $1,400, $1,500 rent on a $170,000 brand, not brand new, top to bottom renovated property in Edmonton right now. So the numbers are starting to make sense again to get in on a big way. But I like new construction. I like the new construction properties you purpose-built, things like that. But if the budget to get into a half a million dollar doesn't work for you, in Edmonton, you can get into a $170,000 place that's top to bottom done, and you get a really good tenant profile too. Yeah, I don't know where you can get that price point in Ontario. <laughs> well, it's, isn't, well, isn't that the renovation cost? It's almost the renovation cost <laughs> yeah. to, to put a suite into a place. <laughs> Yeah, well, interesting. Like a, like a, Erin, I'll just share okay. a conversation I have with a person. They were they were looking at a place out in, in BC, which is where I live. And they were looking at a place and they thought it was a great deal at 350000 bucks. Okay, I go, okay, well, 350000 bucks, great. What kind of rent you get for it? And they go, well, probably about sixteen to eighteen. I go, that's not too bad. I go, Here, let me share that exact same property I just shared with you. You could actually buy two of those townhomes fully renovated for $2,800 rent for the exact same price point. So you're getting an extra $1,000 in rent over here. And oh, by the way, that $350,000 place you're buying, your land transfer tax would be, what, seven, you know, you're paying probably about six or $7,000 in land transfer taxes. And you have rent controls. And your increase you can only do is only this so much this year. So why not move over here, pivot over here, get a manager to do it, buy two of these places for the same $350,000, get an extra $1,000 in rent, right? And save yourself like seven grand in land transfer taxes, the boot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Russell, I, have, I, I have lots of fun when I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm sure you have lots of fun with ignorant Ontarians like me. <laughs> What's going on economic-wise in Alberta? What's going on there? Well, uh, you know... What's going on there? It's interesting to note is it's a little, still a little bit of a roller coaster. Um, you know, if you actually follow... It's funny. One of my clients and I, we were just kind of putting a... We were just talking about it is the perception is not the reality. If you really think about it, if somebody, if I had a conversation with somebody in Ontario about what's going on in Alberta, the most people, let me get, here's the real story. 
So, uh, or a story. I was on one of your uh, webinars. It was it was on a Saturday I Win event. And during the break, everybody was all quiet and everybody was shy. So I jumped in, I grabbed the microphone and I said, guys, how's everybody doing? What are you guys buying? What are you doing? Tell me what you're doing. Let's, 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 let's talk some shop. So people were sharing me their numbers and sharing that. And someone was sharing that they're buying a, a house, sweeting it, and they're into it for like eight, nine hundred thousand dollars And I said, geez, Louise, you know, for that same price point, I can get you four. I can get you a brand new fourplex with four rental units that would generate probably about $6,000 in rent. Right. And they're going, oh, wow, that's fantastic. Their eyes lit up and they're just going, wow, that's great. Where is it? And I said, it's in Edmonton. And they're, oh, really? It was like they were disappointed <laughs> that it was in Edmonton. I said, okay, let's time out. Why, why, oh, Edmonton? And they said, well, you know, everybody's not working there and a bunch of rednecks and oil's dying and, and they're going all this in there. I go, okay, so let's, let's, let's look at this, let's look at the facts. Did you know that Alberta and Edmonton had the second highest in-migration numbers over the past 12 months? You know who was number one? Prince Edward Island, right? So Alberta was the number two in in-migration. Did you know Albertans make the highest wages on hourly wages in anywhere in Canada? Did you know that? Did you know that Albertans are actually the one of the youngest populations in Canada and a young population is really good, which will state the health for a... a um, a growing economy and growing housing market. Did you know that there is, you know, something like $4.8 billion of projects that are still slated on the books that are still coming into a population of a million people? Did you know that in Edmonton, it's the fifth largest city in the country, you don't have to go out to a little tiny little North Bay and a little tiny little, you know, backwoods town and, and Timmins and you don't have to go to these backwoods town to find cash flow. You can find cash flow in a place that has like 1.3 million people. And did you know you can buy a brand new asset that somebody else looks after for you that you don't even have to look at potentially, you don't even have to go see it and you can pick it up and you can cash a $600 to $1,000 check each month on a brand new asset that has very low maintenance, very low pain in the butt factor and it will just, it's just turnkey for you. So that was my quick way of doing a 45-minute mm -hmm. keynote presentation. But I think mm -hmm. there's the perception is not the reality of what's going on, really. So, Can maybe, you educate the ignorant Ontarian and myself? No, I wouldn't say that. It, I, just say, oil. I would just say <laughs> that you're, you're probably just not educated enough yet. You're not ignorant. You just, you, just, you just need to look a little further over the border, right? And And... Then think people then say, well, what about oil? What about the, all that? And I say, yeah, absolutely. Oil and gas is a primary driver. But let's use this as an example for, for number like we, one. We had, I, had this, I had had this conversation all the time with people about Hamilton. It's like, steel, yeah. steel's over. Well, actually, yeah. no, like, the Fasco is just humming. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's think about it for one standpoint. Is It's actually, let's think energy as opposed to just oil and gas. Because that's really what uh -huh. it is. And, and in Edmonton, they're actually, and some of the companies are on the forefront of leading in renewable energy research. There's oh, large fantastic. large research that they're doing on these things. Now, let's, but let's, let's take a look at this. Erwin, I'm looking at your office there behind you. In the background, you got that printer. You've got that desk that has, I would probably think, some laminate on it. You have all those cables over there. You have your running shoes. And there's plus, I would say 90% of the things in your office that I'm looking at probably derived from some way, shape, or form from a oil, a gas, or a petrochemical, or some kind of a of, of thing. They're not, they're not, um, 
It's not made out of soybeans, if you will, okay? Um, we still need energy. We still need to, um, you know, we still need to be able to heat our homes. We still need to be able to put gas in our cars. We still need to be able to have some consumer-based products. Um, I don't think it's going anywhere soon. And what is going to maybe pivot is maybe the fuel side of oil and gas maybe start dropping. But the refining side and the petrochemical side and the manufacturing side will start growing. And then also there's a whole burgeoning um, clean energy renewables technology that's coming out of those, uh, those companies at the same time. Right. So I think it bodes very well for a long term future. It isn't just a one trick pony. It's actually interesting. Um, I, I may get this wrong. But I think it was, was it Forbes or was, no, um, Price, it wasn't Price Waterhouse Coopers. One of those research firms that said that Edmonton, Edmonton, Alberta, is the most diverse economy in Canada for employment and, and working. Now, I could pull it up. Uh, it's, I think it's behind one of those ones, is one of those payment walls where you had to pay like $1,000 for a research report. But it did state that it was the most diverse ec economy of the major urban centers in Canada. So that's, so once again, perception's not reality. So. Well, that's why you're on the show rather than having the ignorant Canadian <laughs> Ontarian talk about it. Well, but at the same time, Erwin, <laughs> I, I cannot, I cannot look at an Ontarian in the eye and say that I was right over the last decade um, to say that I wouldn't have been better to buy a property in Ontario over the last decade, or even in British Columbia, I can't look at my wife in the eye and say, when she asked me questions, well, Russ, will we have done better if we would have bought another place in BC over the last 10 years? And I cannot confident, I cannot look her in the eye and say, yeah, we, 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 wouldn't, we wouldn't be better if we did, because that's not the truth. Is the last decade, the last 12 years in Alberta has been extremely challenging. It has been a, a very wild ride, and the market at best has been flat, at best, but even probably even a, de a decline over that period of time. But what I do know is no market, and I'm going to show my arms here, and you, if you watch the YouTube video, you'll get the gist of it. If you're listening to it, I'll try my best. A market that has been flat for a 12 years has a greater chance of going up than a market that's been going up and doubling for the last 15 to 20 years, in my humble opinion, okay? Uh, no market can stay down forever and no market can go up forever. So just pay attention, uh, buy on some good fundamentals, and most importantly, if the market is not providing you good cash flow, the cash flow is the wild card. If you can buy a property that cash flows, it affords you the luxury of waiting for a market to come, okay? And when you want to be buying your assets is when it's at the bottom, not when you just had a record housing price last week in your marketplace and you're going to set a new record next week. Like, don't get me wrong, if you own an asset, you know, do the happy dance, right? High five, we're, we're geniuses and stuff like that. But just be very mindful about your, if you are acquiring more at a peak of a marketplace, because I have been in markets that had 53% growth, followed by 27% growth, followed by 18% growth year over year over year. Um, sometimes those don't end that well, to be honest. So just be very mindful of when you're buying 
your properties. And I know there's there's a cute saying out there is don't time the market, it's time in the market. I 100% agree with that. However, if you can do both, you'll actually do extremely better. If you can both time the market and be time in the market, you'll have a much better uh, ride in this game of real estate. And, and here's an example. Um, an investor in, let's say, Alberta who bought in 2007, 2008, as the market was going up 53% and just kept going and going and going and going and going, right? It's turned down. At the peak house price in Edmonton was, I think it was August 2008. It has not reached that point yet since 2008. So what is that, 13 years now? 12, 13 years? Okay, that same investor who bought in 2007, just before the peak, if that same investor would have bought five years sooner or three years sooner, or even two years sooner than that peak, would be sitting there going, yeah, I have lots of equity in my property. It's okay. It's cash flow, and I'll just hang on to it. It wasn't worth what it was in 2008, but I bought it for significantly less, so I'm okay to hang on to it. Versus that person that bought it at the peak, and they're just going, I can't sell it for what I bought it for, and the mortgage balance is probably equal to what I pay, you know, is equal to what the value is today. I'm, I've got a handcuff because I can't sell it to at least pay off my mortgage, not let alone get my capital back, right? But I think that has shifted now that if you are acquiring now, you are inquiring on the bottom, on the ride up. And I'm starting to see the numbers shape up no different than I saw it happening in 2001, 2002, 2003, where the numbers were starting to shape up like that, that they were back then. Are you seeing that the same thing on the, on the tenant demand side? Are showings busy? Do thing the rentals, the vacancies fill quickly? I have I have uh, zero vacancies in my portfolio right now, and um, as a matter of fact, the rents have finally gone up for the first time in a while. They've gone up, and um, more importantly, is they're filling fast. They they fill very quickly. I, I'm I'm surprised. I I thought it would have been worse, but here's what's happening: is some people are pivoting. I have a lot of people that are in the market to, to buy a new home, to get a new home, and their, their homes have been delayed in the building, okay? So they're renting for nine months, year, year and a half while they're waiting for their home to be built, okay? Or some people have just taken a step back from, the, from owning a home and they become renters and they don't want the commitment of the home uh, for that. And I think the tenant pool... In, in the areas that I'm investing in is stronger than it's ever been for, for getting some good quality tenants if you provide a good quality property for them to live in. You know, there's an awful lot of garbage on the marketplace. And, and, and I say that by looking at myself too because I have some properties I would consider garbage <laughs> that are just not worth it to put the money in to renovate it. I'm just to try to, you know, it's a struggle each month to try to get somebody in you know, to pay a thousand bucks because I don't want to spend the, you know, the $20,000 to renovate it because I won't get the money out of it. I just need to keep it going to, and hopefully the market will catch up. Okay. That's on one side, on one side of my portfolio. On my brand new portfolio, the new houses, the purpose-built construction that I'm doing, um, the tenant profile is amazing. Like they're coming in and they're going, yeah, this this tenant profile, when you just factor in this income and this income, you know, they're, they're making 12000 a month and this, that, they have a good job. It's been all verified. It's just like, wow, that's awesome, right? Versus my old properties. Uh, it's like, well, if we take this allowance and we take this money that they get from here, we can maybe squeeze them into the ratios that make sense, right? It's just a different tenant profile. 
much better than what I thought was going on. <laughs> no, it's like I said, that's the title. The working title of that presentation is Perception is Not Reality. And uh, I think I just have confirmation that I need to host a webinar on that exact topic and, and dust off a presentation I did three years ago and get some new numbers on there and just, you know, maybe guys, if you're interested, if you're listening to this podcast or whatever, if you guys are ever interested and maybe want to hear uh, a YouTube video or a presentation on the, you know, what's going on in that marketplace, by all means, hit me up, leave a re- review or leave some feedback. And um, I'll take the time and put together a, a really killer training program and a little, uh, an information session for everybody. And the main thing is, you know, don't don't make any mistake. My, my goal, remember, to a conversation before is attach the education to the opportunity, attach the education to the action. And don't be surprised if I if I really, you know, after doing that and you see that there's an incredible opportunity ahead of you that you need to execute on it. Right. You know, having being presented some amazing information and just not doing anything with it, you might as well not have been presented it to in the first Mm. place, right? So no different than what you share, Erwin, in your Stock Hacker Academy and and all your Facebook groups. You share share what you're doing with people, right? You literally go, here's my trades that I made today, right? And here's, you know, I don't know if, I I shouldn't be saying that, should I? Is that, that's legal, is it not? That's the weird thing about financial market, uh, financial instruments is you can't talk about it publicly. So I'd love to be able to tell, share what I'm doing. Yeah. But I'm fearing being punished financially, securities wise, whatever. So you see, so I'm much more, much more real in our private group. Right. So, so, so it's, it's okay for somebody to sell a newsletter and tell what they're sharing as their trades, but they can't publicly tell it to the, the wide open audience. Uh, it has to be properly disclaimered. Okay. And I'm just not patient enough to do all that, <laughs> especially on like an Instagram story, for example. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I could get it. So so here's the Instagram story. Is The first one is, here's, here's the, the trade, here's the money, and then four four title cards after of the disclaimer, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> my, my, lawyer, my lawyer texted me after he saw a story I posted on something I did with, uh, with, with BlackBerry. And it's like, but it, like, I already did it. It's over. Yeah. Blackberry. <laughs> no one can mistake this. Is yeah. that is that still a thing? Uh, so, to, quick side note on this, folks. This is for education, not advice. Please, we're not <laughs> professionals at all. This is this is uh, this we're, is already we're, history. We we barely even qualify as amateurs. <laughs> yeah, bare, exactly. Uh, so it's just simple. Like uh, one of my friends owns a very successful IT business. Uh, and so I asked him, what, what, you know, what's your favorite antivirus? And he said, BlackBerry. Like, I had no idea. <laughs> right? So this is someone who actually uses it. No, same reason why I asked you about Edmonton. I'm not going to try to find answers on investing in Edmonton Googling or YouTubing. Let's go straight to you. So my friend has a very successful IT business. And, and uh, in his opinion, probably a qualified opinion, he said one of the biggest things of 2021 will be will be antivirus software because there's just so many problems because mm. people are working from home using personal machines, right? People are generally bad with their password management. So, you know, I think we've all seen like the Facebook viruses that come through and stuff and whatever. Anyways, so he said that I'm like, okay. And then I checked out BlackBerry. And I was like, I like this. I did the trade, made a quick 200 bucks. 
So I bought myself a pair of Nikes. <laughs> are those, <laughs> a pair those of shoes ones I've been the, holding off. Are there the ones in the background there? The black high tops no, with not the red soles? Oh? <laughs> Mine are on order right now. I ordered customs. So it'll be they won't oh, be here for three months. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> Hoity toity, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Zeta. I got customs coming. <laughs> you know, that money is just the money I made minutes. Yeah. Maybe it took me minutes to make that money, right? So I don't like to spend my own money that I, I worked for. I like to spend invested money. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the term used to be playing with house money before was the money you made off the real estates. What's what do you call the money yeah. you make off the stocks now? As you're playing with with what? That's what still is, house money. Is it still the house money? Very nice. Because the stock money was all funded from real estate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for either dispositions or home equity lines. Yeah. Well, that's right? awesome. And it, yeah. No, well, like the top I said, Erwin, hackers are real estate investors. Well, like I said, Erwin, at the very beginning, before we even started, I was I gave you some props on how how well you're doing in your community, the, the job you're doing of changing people's lives. That's you know, it's the most fulfilling, purposeful work you can do. But it's 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 hard work at the same time because you oh, sit it's hard. It's 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 hard, but then you also sit there, and it, here's the conundrum. And you and I had the, have had this conversation. Sometimes I I sit there within myself and I go, if I took all the time that I've done to put together the videos and the training and the podcast, and I took all that time that I did to inspire others, if I actually took all that time and just focused 100% on more acquisitions and more properties and more purchases and more things that would serve me, <laughs> I, I usually end that conversation at that, <laughs> at that part because, because, you know, it it really does come down to you really have to love what you're doing if you want to serve at a higher level, right? You really have to love because it is about the passion. It is about the calling and the purpose. And I think most people, you know, maybe your audience is an exception. Most people, the biggest crisis that we have, I believe, in society is a crisis of purpose. Is that not enough people are walking around with a strong enough reason why and a purpose of what they want to do and something that they're contributing to that's greater than themselves and serving others. There's an awful lot. First of all, people don't even have an idea of what they're thinking about or know what they're doing. And then a lot of those ones that maybe get to one level, they're just thinking about themselves, about how they can do. There's a very select few people like yourself and your lovely wife, Cherry, who want to give back and serve at a higher level to help solve that crisis of purpose that we are facing. Oh. Yeah, so, that's what I always say, but so when people ask me about Russell, I'm like, oh, I need a real estate coach. And like, you better get on Russell because <laughs> I don't know how long he's going to do this for. Because most coaches have an expiry life. Yeah, they, it's, don't, it's, they don't want to do it forever. I truly love it. I really do love it. But at the end of the day, it's, it takes a, it's a lot of time. It's a big commitment. It's a big commitment mm -hmm. for the student, but it's also a big commitment for the coach at the same time, too. Is like, you know, I wear some of these things when some of my clients, when they're struggling with some things and they're, they're having trouble busting through or they need to, need to make a really important decision that's going to impact, you know, whether to leave a job or, you know, take this step or that step. I, I you know, maybe I'm a little bit too empathetic or maybe I feel too much and maybe I just need to be the hard-ass coach. But I, I take it on and I feel it and I understand where they're going through and I, I help them walk them through the process to make some of these really big transformational decisions. And the reward is at the end when you see people on just how they turn out and the transformation they make is, you know, 
not to toot my own horn, but I've had a pretty good success rate over the last three years of getting some pretty cool transformations in people. And um, I, I don't know if I'll ever give that up, but I might. it might take a back a back seat a little bit more in the future, right? Or the price it, might go up. Well, or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something I wrestle with all the time. And that's, you know, that comes out to our, our own limitations we have within ourselves, right? Sometimes we feel that we don't, can't charge that price, right? And then some people have no problem charging $75,000 a year for coaching, right? Or, or whatever the number is, right? So I think it all just comes down to is, um, do you care? Do you have the best interest and heart of the people that you're working with? And do you just put in the reps to do the work to deliver the end result? And the result is great. Like, don't get me wrong. I love the result and we're really dogmatic and we're really aggressive to achieve in a result. But the most important thing to me is at the end of that time frame that we set out is who did you become as a person in the process to accomplishing that result? Because if I did my job as a, as a coach, I've helped you develop your skill set that you could accomplish any goal, not just the one goal that we're working on. And who did you become in the process to do that? And not only that, you know, taking a page out of who, not how. Who did you help along the way and who did you bring on in your business to help you take the next step so you can impact others? And that really is the gauge of how the, the coaching works is if you come at the end that you like who you are, that you have an amazing skill set that you can accomplish any goal and that you now have a contribution goal that you are going to inspire and help others. We now know it's time to transition and probably a graduation party is in order for our coaching. That's my end goal with most people. And I usually know it's time to, to graduate with, um, within the coaching is usually my students and I will collaborate on some kind of a project at the end, whether it's you know, some kind of a, a webinar or some training or education or maybe even a, a project where I invest in theirs or they invest in mine. We're usually now become collaborators as opposed to coach and mentee. And then I know truly it's time to graduate because the role of a good coach is to get the people they coach to be better than the coach. And that's what I have with all my coaches. Now, I've, I've accomplished an awful lot in my life, but my goal with every person that I coach is that they make my accomplishments seem small and pale and they go, holy moly, you were coached by that guy? Wow. Man, he hasn't done nothing compared to what you've done. And that, that's, actually, <laughs> that's actually music to my ears. That's actually, as a good coach, it's all about the result of the, of the, of the client and not just your result, mm -hmm. right? That's why I do not yep. typically go online and, you know, share all the coaching. People don't even know who some of my coaching clients are, right? And you'll be surprised that you, when you do find and you have a conversation, they'll yeah, well, yeah, Russell coached me. They go, oh, really? Well, yeah, I noticed the difference, right? So I digress. So. And from the outside looking in, like, uh, you know, you and I have had this conversation. I've, I've, I've told people as well, especially when people ask me to coach. I personally, I personally don't have wrong personality to coach. I've known, I've known that about myself for a long time. But you can ask my team as well. <laughs> what people don't understand is that coaching is, it, it is it's largely trading time for money. And, and most, most highly successful entrepreneurs and real estate investors, that's not what they do. That's not how they make all their money. Yeah. Right. That's like you were saying, like, you know, if you'd invested all the effort that you put into people, into your own portfolio, 
Yeah, I would, uh, you know, one of my last interviews I did with one of my good friends, Dave Steele. Have you, have you and Dave connected? Have you guys, has Dave been on, on your podcast yet? No, no, no. I uh, think they're at like... It's, it was right in the middle of pandemic and it yeah. was not a good time. <laughs> right was, early pandemic, like the it was, spring. It was funny. Uh, he, he told a really funny story. So the long story, long-winded story of this is I think they own $2.3 billion in portfolio. I think they bought like 17,000 properties in the last five years. But anyways, Dave was telling the story is when he was talking to an investor, he said, yeah, we have $1.8 billion in research, or I mean, in real estate. And his business partner came up and says, uh, Dave, it's now 2.3. And, and he goes, oh, I guess I misplaced uh, half a billion dollars of property someplace, right? So, yeah. so the, way, the point I was trying to make is I'm not saying I would get to that level if I took all that time and energy, but I, I think it would probably be a lot bigger than it is now, to be honest. So, so guys, if you are interested, you know, catch me while you can is, I guess, a way of saying is, you, if you, I do have capacity right now, as I do work with a select few people, and I do have some capacity, if anybody is interested in wanting to get some coaching, I can see if it's a fit. If it's not a fit, I'm brutally honest and tell you, this just doesn't work for you. As a matter of fact, some people think they need coaching where they don't. They just need a little guidance and a little direction. And I'll be brutally honest and tell somebody, I'll sit, sit there and go, I go, where you're at in the process, um, I'd let, you know, I could be a coach and I can help you, really. But it would be like applying a bazooka where you just need a fly swatter right now, right? But if you, if you really need some horsepower to really ramp up and you're really frustrated and you're really stuck with where you want and you need a bazooka, I can help you out, right? Sorry for the, the graphic war references or stuff like that, but I, I think you get the point. And where can people follow up then? Uh, the best place would be just russellwestcott.com. Um, everything revolves around there. I, you know, I put out five blog posts a day, a day, a week. I usually write something every day. I put out uh, something social media five times a week, a video once a week, podcast episode once a week. Um, do you mind if I have a quick plug for one thing, Erwin, if people are listening? Sure. Um, actually, I'm just in the process right now. Uh, first video just went up. And I'm putting out a free five-part video series on my YouTube channel. And this video series, it starts off with building you a plan of how do you build a $1.8 billion portfolio with $93,000 a year in income. So I build you a plan. Then the steps, second step is what will stop you? How do you get the mindset? And then after that, I share with you the biggest obstacles you will encounter. How do you bust through all the biggest obstacles? And it's a five-part video series, and it's 100% free. And I think it will turn a lot of people's light bulbs on to looking at real estate completely different after they go through that. So if any of your listeners are interested in that, if you just go to my YouTube channel, subscribe, and there will be a playlist there. I think by the time we're recording, I just have the first one on there. It'll be within the next, for sure, the next month, all five will be there. I just said subscribe. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> oh, youtube.com slash Russell Westcott. Yeah. Wow, you got a vanity URL already. I think it, it takes 100. It only takes 100 subscribers to get that. I'm almost Ooh. hitting 1,000. I actually shocked myself when I looked on the other day. I, I had 700 and some subscribers right now. I actually, I go, geez, I didn't even know. <laughs> I hadn't even been looking at that number for, for a long period of time. And just been, I've been trying to get more efficient in the content production. And, and I know off the air, or when we had, we had this the wonderful conversation, like, for example, yesterday, I shot a con uh, had a conversation with my business partner in with Jason, 
and I have a software package that I use that does live broadcasting that I can do scenes. Like I can cut back and forth to him, to me, to double shots, to have graphics, to have a whole bunch of, like I have set up seven scenes that are all done there. And just with a push of a button, I can do that as we're talking, okay? And I structured the conversation that it would be, we talked about four teaching moments in it. It's set up as a whole long-form podcast and YouTube video, but it also had four teaching moments that I can clip each of those four sections out. I actually got five YouTube videos out of it, one long-form podcast, and it all had all the edits and had all the cuts and had all the splices done in real time, and there's no editing. So all I have to do is just chop, cut, intro, outro, done. I can get a video up. Honest to goodness, I could get a podcast up and done after editing. I mean, after recording, a podcast could be online in under an hour. Man, that's way faster than me. Well, I'm just, Is I'm there any to, coaching students doing any of this personal branding stuff? Some of them, right? It all depends on where they're at, right? Um, oh, like, yeah, there's this like wonderful... Yeah, um, yeah, Rebecca's just crushing it. You know, she's she's... You know, just wait to see her YouTube channel when she gets going on 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 her. She she just got this a really good resource that she just hired, and it's going to take her YouTube channel up to the next level. And I think she's 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 well poised to become a YouTube real estate influencer, like well poised. Like she has all the building blocks to really do that. And if you're listening, Rebecca, uh, man, I can't wait to see you cross that hundred thousand plus subscribers and then some. Like so. So, yeah, there's just lots of things, and it's just all about getting those efficiencies. It's all about building the team. It's all about just trying to serve more people uh, the most efficient way possible. And it's distribution is my number one buzzword, is distribution and team, right? I guess that's two buzzwords. <laughs> yeah, we'll need to talk about that because I need to build up money on this on this part of my business. <laughs> you, have to, you have to first want it, right? It's, it's one of those ones is... I sat there when I wrote that goal of a million people. Um, The first thing I said is, okay, who do I need to become in order to be a person to attract a million people? And I was nowhere near that person. It's like the old exercise where you sit there, you you write down who, you know, who has a million subscribers or who has a million. Then you write out all the things they, they do. Here's what they are and here's what they do. Here's how charismatic. There's how they do this. You write all those things out and then you take that piece of paper and you flip around and you say, now this is all the things I need to become. Right? You just wrote out all those characteristics and things that that person are, are doing. Then you have to embody that in order to become that if that's what you want to do. And don't get me wrong, um, some of my clients, um, interesting to note, I actually just uploaded a uh, podcast episode, and um, it's pro- I think it's episode 48 to 51 in a four-part series, was uh, one of the people I interviewed with, and the, the lead to it was, introverts rejoice. You don't, if the thought of you going out and shooting a video and putting a YouTube video on and putting out a podcast, or the thought of you doing all these things to go on social media and go, look at me, look at me, if the thought of that makes you hurl listen to this upcoming episode because I interviewed a guy who literally does not even have an email address and he has a sizable portfolio and with a handful of, I think, seven people through business relationships through his family, he's built a very sizable real estate portfolio and some of the property he's never seen, some that he barely has ever home. He literally lives wherever he wants to and you cannot get a hold of the guy ever. 
So you don't need to be the person on social media every single day going, look at me, look at me. There are other ways of doing it. And that was the podcast. So if you are subscribing to the podcast, it'll be coming out probably within a month or so. Amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Any final words you want to leave for the listener, Russell? Pardon me, brother? Any final words you want to share? I, I find I ask a lot of questions. Not so much this episode. <laughs> I, I don't always want to be steering the conversation. Yep. Um, well, actually, I, I, I'll bring something up. Um, the listener, the listener gets it because I think that they, I think most of our listeners can take away something that from one of my shows in the past, from one of your shows. I was talking to my neighbor the other day because uh, I'm selling my house right now. She's asking me, like, we're talking about uh, real estate. And I mentioned I bought my daughter a house. Uh, that's her RESP. I bought it for, it's worth about three times now what I paid for it. Right. She's like, holy heck. I'm like, I'm like, well, what are you doing for your, for your kids? <laughs> like, we're about the same age. Like her and I are about the same age. And like, she hasn't really, you know, she probably has an RESP, but I'm pretty sure my daughter's is doing a little bit better. But this opportunity was available to everyone. And there's still all these people we haven't reached. With our influence, yep. with our with our knowledge sharing. Yeah, and we, we sit there and we look at is is even as much as we are, you know, quote unquote, shouting from the mountaintops, not everybody is listening, right? Yeah. And it just comes down to just, just putting in the reps, putting in the miles. And when you don't think anybody's listening and your mom is the only person commenting on your social media posts, which from time to time, that is the only person <laughs> commenting on my posts is, uh, you know, sometimes you just need to just ground back into just putting in the work, trust the process, just putting down good inspirational encouragement, just being a, a positive person that just keeps putting good out into the world, right? And to answer your question, I'm going to leave you with something, a story that I just recently heard. And this one, it was, it was probably I was listening to a podcast that I heard originally and then I researched about it and then I actually just wrote about it. I, mean, I blogged about it. And, and the, call, the question is, do you want to be a, a carrot, an egg, or a coffee bean? Have you heard, have you heard this? Have you heard <laughs> no. the story? You know, you, you want to be a carrot, an egg, or a coffee bean? Okay, so here's how the story goes. There was this young lady who was sitting there with her mom in the kitchen and they were just having a conversation and the young the daughter was sitting there to mom and going you know i'm just struggling i'm having a hard time going on you know things are challenging at work my relationships are everything is just feels like it's just falling apart i'm having a hard time it feels like the temperature is just getting turned up around me and then the mother looked at the daughter and says well, come on over here let's let's do something she took three pots of water and put three pots on the stove, okay? Each of them brought them up to a boil. In pot number one, she put some carrots in, okay? In pot number two, she put some eggs in. In pot number three, she put some ground coffee beans into them, okay? And then after they came to a water boil, after about 10 minutes of the boil, they took them off, strained the carrots, took the eggs out, and then had the liquid uh, at the in the last pot. And the mother looked at the daughter and says, feel them. Like, go tell me, what, you, what do you see? She goes, well, I see carrots, eggs, and coffee. Well, you know, what, what's going on here, mom? That was a big mess. I got to clean up this big giant breakfast, mess. Yeah. yeah, it's breakfast, yeah. right? <laughs> Not many people have carrots. She goes, okay, well, come over here. Take a look at the carrots. Feel them. So she feels, she goes, yeah, they're, they're mushy. So you're telling me that the carrots went into the boiling water hard and resolved, and they came out mushy. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, talk to me about the eggs. 
well, it's hard now. They're hard. So you're telling me the eggs went into the boiling water, fragile, and the, the shell could break and it was fragile. And they came out hard and bitter, you know, and, you know, they were, they're hardened after. And she goes, yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, tell me about the last one. Here, poured yourself a cup of coffee and handed it to her. How does that make you feel in the morning? Oh, coffee. Heaven. This is just, it's just so desirable because I just love my cup of coffee in the morning. So here's the story is all three of those things went into the boiling to the exact same situation. They all went into boiling water. One came out soft and mushy. One came out hardened. And the other, the coffee bean, changed the environment it was in. So guys, here's the question I'm going to leave you with. Are you want, do you want to be a carrot, an egg, or a coffee bean? We are all going through the exact same situations that we're going through right now, whether it's pandemics, elections, shutdowns, whatever you're going through, you can choose to be the coffee bean and you can choose to change the environment that you're around and everybody will enjoy the environment that you've created with a delicious cup of coffee. And that's the last story I'm going to leave you with. Yeah, I'm surprised you never heard of that, Erwin. No, I haven't heard of that one. Yeah. It's funny because it's like, I need, I need a coffee. I didn't <laughs> have a coffee this morning. Well, so stick with me, guys. I got lots of these things. <laughs> <laughs> Russell, one, one last time. Yeah, Erwin. Uh, where, where can people, where can folks follow up with you? Yeah, before before we get to it, um, Erwin, it's been too long, and it's it's kind of it's kind of silly, not silly. It's 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 funny, and we were joking about this off air. The only time we get to have these conversations is when we record a podcast. So we need to do this more often, I think. So. <laughs> Yeah, and in person. Yes. Oh, man. All these people like, oh, vaccine, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, whatever side you are, vaccine. Like, I like jab me because yep. I want to travel. And when I do my boys trip in Vegas, anything I do to myself there will be worse than what the vaccine will, could possibly do to me. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the vaccine, more than anything, and I, we're not going to get political here at the end, but I think more than anything, it's just... It's it's really a, a hope symbol for a lot of people. Like people may, may, whether it works or not, I don't know. I haven't done the research, but I have a feeling that people, once they get it, will go, oh yeah, everything's to be back to normal again. I feel hopeful and hope is never a bad thing, right? There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a famous line in Rogue One, right? Um, the Rogue One one where the hero goes, you know what? Sometimes all you have is hope and rebellions are built on hope. And I have my little baby Yoda over here, as you can see there. So <laughs> <laughs> I have all these things there. So, so, you know, just sometimes just hanging on to hope is when that's all you got is a good thing too, right? And to, I am, I'm going to answer your question is just russellwestcott.com is the place where that's the central hub for everything that I've got going on. Yeah. I'll just add to that though. When you're making money during a pandemic, it doesn't feel nearly as bad as what other people are going through. <laughs> right? Yeah, like like the old saying is when people are telling you, "Well, we're all in the we're all in this together. We're all in the same boat." Well, no, no, we're yeah. not all in the same boat, right? But we all are on the same team, right? Yeah. Um, you know, for example, and you know, we're we're recording this shortly after, you know, the U.S. presidential elections and the transfer of power and what. Whatever side of the fence you're on, whatever you believe, it's irrelevant, guys. It's happened. Joe Biden's the new leader. And for any of you who are out there that are going, yeah, I hope he fails and, uh, you know, not my president or whatever. I, you know, respect your, I really do respect your opinion. I really do. But here's the thing. Uh, that would be like you going into on an airplane and you're going up to the captain and you're telling the captain, you don't like the captain. I sure hope you fail. 
of the captain of the airplane, <laughs> right? You know, it is what it is, guys. And and at the end of the day, no prime minister, no president, no uh, premier, no mayor, nobody is going to determine what you do in life. Nobody is going to determine the actions that you take. Nobody is going to determine what you put in this year and this year. Nobody else is going to do that. You are 100% control of who you become and the purpose that you have on this planet. So sorry to end on a kumbaya, bang the drum moment here first. <laughs> You can choose to be. You can choose. You if absolutely you want to be the carrot, is, choose wisely. Bean. Yeah. <laughs> you can choose to be the coffee bean that in every environment you're put in, you change the environment. Mm-hmm. Ooh, All I, right, Russell. I, I'm, I'm on fire. Just book me again. <laughs> yeah. We got we to talk about the, this personal brand and stuff. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Happy to. You have my link. Anytime. You have my secret link. Anytime, my brother. Awesome. Anytime. Thanks, Russell. Have a great day. Thanks for doing this. Good seeing you again, friend. Thanks, thanks, guys. Hopefully see you in the real world soon. <laughs> All right, so sure hope you enjoyed that conversation. And what were some of your key takeaways? What did you take away from this conversation that Erwin had? Maybe you took away the conversation about Maybe you need to deepen your research into your area. Maybe you need to deepen the passion level that you have for your market. Maybe you need to uh, deepen the excitement you have about your type of real estate properties. Maybe you need to rehearse and practice on how to recite the stats. If somebody ever came up to you and said, well, why are you investing in real estate? And why are you investing in that area? Are you able to just, you know, at a snap, at a drop of a hat, be able to tell them, here's the reason why, here's the reason why I, boom, another point, another point, and you just rattle off some stats and passion and just deliver it with some gusto. Now, I'll be 100% uh, transparent and honest here. I don't know if I got all the stats correctly, like 100%. You don't have to have 100% of the stats correct. Like I can always go back. I know I know quite clearly I'm directionally very, very correct in the, the stats that I was doing because I've been doing the research. I've been paying attention. And, you know, I didn't have any slides. I had nothing prepared. I didn't even know it was going to go that direction, that conversation. But off the top of my hat, I was able to just snap a finger and I was able to get into here's the reasons why. So hope you guys got a little bit of that message about how do you deliver with some gusto, with some passion on the area and the types of properties that you are buying. So did you get maybe that message? Or maybe you got a message of, geez, you know what? I need to step up my personal branding. Like go in there, go check out my website. Now I'm not here to pander and get more traffic to my website. Um, I've taken an awful lot of time to design the website, a lot of time, a lot of expense, a lot of hours, a lot of um, personal uh, consulting, and paying some very high-priced consultants to do a lot of work on my website. Go check it out. Find out how it maybe compares to what you got. Learn from others. Learn from the people. Learn from the ones that are gone down this path before you. And at the same time, maybe you got some insights into how to better distribute your message, how to more quickly get your message out to an audience. Because at the end of the day, guys, it is 100% about the distribution of your message. You can be the best kept secret. If nobody knows about you, you're not going to get anywhere. Okay, guys, so I sure hope you enjoyed this. If you are getting some feedback, uh, sorry, Let me try that again. If you are getting some tremendous amount of value from this podcast, which I know you will, and I know you are, leave some reviews. 
share it with others. If you're on some Facebook groups or whatever, and people are just asking, where do you go to get your information? Just pass them along, pass them my way. I'd be greatly honored to just take good care of them and give them some inspiration and some encouragement and just really help nurture them along the process. Okay, gang, let's leave it there for today. The next episode is coming up within another week. So I sure hope you have yourself a wonderful week until we talk again. Always remember, guys, in every interaction you have with another human being, please, please, please leave them feeling inspired, encouraged, and always come from a place of love. Bye for now, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Russell Westcott Podcast. Before you run off, could you do us one final favor? Wherever you're listening to this episode, we encourage you to leave a review, share with your friends, and subscribe so you can receive the latest episode to keep you feeling inspired and encouraged for the entire week. Visit www.russellwestcott.com for more information, support resources, and upcoming speaking engagements near you. Bye for now. Bye for now.